product life, relationships, challenges, and everything in between with unfiltered discussions with real people offering their authentic stories, experiences, and perspectives. No topic is off limits and no story is too small. Join us on United Public Radio Network 107.7 FM. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are coming to you live with uh, Dr. Sherry and Dr. Yana from United Public Radio Network 107.7 FM from beautiful New Orleans. And welcome to Be Honest podcast with Relationship Talks, the show where we ascend to the honest conversations about life, relationships, challenges, and everything in between. I'm your host, Dr. Yana again, and Dr. Sherry. And each week, our mission is to bring you raw, unfiltered discussions with real people offering their authentic stories, experiences, and perspectives. In this ever-changing world filled with filters and facades, we believe in the power of honesty. Join us as we explore moments that make us human, the struggles that shape our reality, and the conquests inspiring our lives. No topic is off limits, and no story is too small. Our honest experiences hold the power of connection and healing, reminding us that we are not alone in this path of life. Get ready to be honest on this candid, heartfelt episode. Whether you are looking for genuine advice, relatable lived experience, or just listening in, you are in the right place. This is Be Honest Podcast, where we embrace the beauty of being authentically you and inspiring your life potential. Let's get started. What are we talking about today, Dr. Sherry? We are talking about discovering your essence and unmasking your purpose. Ooh, that is a really big topic. And I think that we ourselves on this quest in life, searching for ourselves continuously, sometimes we think that we've found ourselves, but it is a lifelong quest. Agreed. It's an ongoing process from the womb to the tomb. Oi. <laughs> to the tomb. We're talking about tombs. We were just born, going on a quest, and they're going to the tomb. That's that existential dread that oftentimes brings anxiety up in our everyday life. Exactly. Existential. I'm so glad I'm not existentialist, Dr. Sherry. You are. But as a determinist, we're still going to be there in the tomb. <laughs> right. Thank you it's very much. Determined. For it's already been predetermined. That's right. But what do we do before we get there, before we have our final destination on this earth? <laughs> we have to discover our purpose. Now, in essence, yes. But uh, do you think that uh, many people think about it, about this topic? I think a lot of people think about it and talk about it. It's do they act upon it? Do we take action towards 
discovering our essence. What is our essence? It's the intrinsic, deep, authentic being of what's inside of us. But how difficult is it to get in contact with it? Because at the very beginning of our lives, what happens with us? We are predetermined, our past are predetermined, life conditions are set out for life, for, for us. And all we have to do is to live the script, correct? And that's what we do from the moment that we're born, right? We live, we're living the script that other people set up for us. So when do you think that we start thinking about our life purpose? What, what do we start thinking about it? Yeah, when? Oftentimes when, we, when, we, when we're suffering, I think. When we enter a stage of suffering or when the pain outweighs the force of change, we'll sit down with ourselves and perhaps try to discover our essence so we can understand or unmask a purpose. Because we ultimately want to find meaning. I think meaning is the essence of life. So suffering is the key? Not necessarily. I just think a lot of people have to hit a period of heaviness, suffering, however we want to call it, grief, loss, change, those types of things. I think we oftentimes present wake-up calls for us. That's true. I've noticed that because when life is so happy and we are content and we have everything that the, we think that the, we want, right? <laughs> we don't strive for anything else. But when we're face down, bam, <laughs> there's a wake-up call. What is happening in my life, right? Am I on the right path? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And sometimes we fight it. We might be with, uh, live in a state of um, denial for a while in life. We often feel like we're doing okay or we'll just settle. And that's when I believe when we start to settle and the dust collects, that's believe when we lose our essence of who we are and we're trying to define our purpose. That's true. Well, look at that, Dr. Shira, dust collects. <laughs> we're hitting the tomb already. <laughs> Let's shake off that dust. Let's shake it off. That's right. Off, off. We don't Let's need all that. That's right. Yes. That's right. <laughs> all of the shells behind us. Like shake it off. Wipe it off. That's right. <laughs> and a lot of the times, you know, that dust is in the form. It's in the form of uh, a thick layer of um, being content in life. And uh, when we are content going about our life thinking that we are doing what we're supposed to be doing. I think what we think about ourselves and our life path, what we choose for ourselves is not necessarily what our life path as it was designed for us to be here. Yes, I believe that there's certain limitations to uh, free will or choice we may not have power over the things that happen to us and around us. However, I do believe we have the choice in how we respond to that. The choice. How we act. That's right. Yeah. This is how I was thinking as well <laughs> before I became a determinist later in life. And <laughs> believing and now that you're we, determined to change. No, I'm determined to, cha to change myself. Yes, Indeed. myself. <laughs> Because if we want to change the world, we have to start with ourselves, right? Yes. 
And this is so interesting that people would uh, go around and screaming, oh, let's change the world. Let's change the world. How are you going to do that? You know, start with yourself. And I believe that starting with yourself is finding your purpose and meaning of your own life. Yes. I think when you mention content, you can be content in life. I think, but when content becomes complacency, I think there become content is replaced with contempt. And with that contempt, sometimes we can have for ourselves when we don't find what is burning in our hearts. Sometimes we don't even understand what is burning in our hearts. Mm -hmm. that sometimes I, we have to get away from wherever we are to find the fire. Otherwise, it may just remain dark. Something's telling us to get out. Oh, but yes, absolutely. And, you know, I noticed that a lot of writers over the centuries, they would always travel. They would travel to different destinations, sometimes just out of town, sometimes just out of country, on a different continent. I've noticed that because they are looking for that inspiration. And when I get stuck, how can I get stuck living in San Diego on the beautiful coast, right? It's just like so much to do. I feel stuck sometimes even here on this paradise and I want to get out. Why? Because we're looking not just for entertainment, uh, at least for myself, this is the goal, not to look for just entertainment, but for the purpose, for the new experience, for the new meaningful experience. And somehow that sets off the ground for creativity, for a new outlook on life. We go and show ourselves and we see other people, their lives, what they do, what they don't do, experiences, and then we're able either to relate or to understand, like, what is it that I am not doing? So that and, is why I, yeah. Yeah. And how do I embark on this odyssey, this quest to purpose? How do I, how do I do it? Because there's a quote, I don't know who, who said it, but where, wherever you go, there you are. So you can travel the world, you can go wherever you want, but you're always bringing yourself and you're bringing your mind. And I think that's the biggest, the human psyche is the most profound of all, in my opinion. That's I the love biggest. it. Yes. That is a great quote, and it can be actually relatable to can be relatable to negative aspect and to the positive one as well, because whatever uh, wise expressions and quotes that we hear that stick with us and carry on through centuries, they are actually why why do they stick with us? Because they're actually are so relatable to our lives and not just one person can relate to it and echo it back into his heart or her heart or their heart nowadays. I have to be politically correct, Dr. Sherry. And you're not saying anything. I have to say, Yana, you have to be politically correct here. <laughs> Where's my sign? I forgot to bring my political correct Carry the sign. Carry the sign. Yeah, or just post it in the back somewhere, right? On your shelf, just put it there. Just, Some Yana. pop up. Right, pop up. Once in a while, Dr. Yana, you must be politically correct. <laughs> Oi. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, so um, we travel. We travel in order to get a different perspective as well. And 
I like it. One time at the very beginning of my teaching career at the university, uh, the first time after I uh, got a PhD and I went teaching, so that my first class, and I see lots of uh, other faculty members uh, in a teacher's lounge room. And they're like, Yana, are you scared? Are you scared to go into a class and teach? And I'm like, I looked around and I thought, like, what is there to be scared? What are they talking about? I'm like, students are the ones that need to be scared of me. I'm coming in with the knowledge, you know, that I need to beat into their heads, right? <laughs> they need to be scared of that. What I do, what do I need to be scared of? And I told them just something in the uh, line of uh, the quote that you just mentioned. I told them that whenever, whatever, and whenever I go, I take myself with me. Meaning that I am what I am, bringing philosophy here. I am what I am, and religion, God, I am God. I am what I am, seriously. And then I take myself with me, and I myself able to carry on and uh, produce the lecture, even if I don't know anything of the subject. <laughs> and sometimes, by the way, it is so funny that professors, <laughs> there is a... Um, a funny uh, meme that uh, uh, some professors don't know anything about the subject up until like either two hours or two weeks before <laughs> the, the class that they have to teach. So they learn it and then they go. And what do they do? They don't have all those notes at the end of the class like you are planning to put the sign behind you. Yana, be politically <laughs> correct or don't. Right? Yeah. So we don't. And I take ourselves. Uh, ourselves. I take ourselves because me, myself, and I, I take all of us with me anywhere that I go. So. Yeah. Well, you're kind of like an ocean to these students who are tiny little sponges. They're there to absorb whatever you're there to give. They have no, oftentimes, no concept of the knowledge you're bringing to begin with. So you're right to show up and not be so afraid. But being afraid is, I think, very popular in our culture today and being afraid of things that are not to be feared more specifically why is that that in our culture we so venerate the fear concept why it is always here are you afraid is it the, because of the notion that we have to self-deprecate ourselves and not really sound or look self-confident or knowledgeable, or not to really stick out the, from the society, have to be like everybody else. Why do you think is that? I think social construction has shaped perspective, and we're so stuck in thought. We, we, we I, I believe as we become more, um, we lose more touch with nature, and we lose touch with connection, and we just think. And what it, there's a quote, um, thinking is difficult. That's why we judge. Mm. So I think we lot more time thinking and it's difficult so we judge and when you're in that time of judging you don't have there's no place to love as mother Teresa said when you're busy judging you can't love mm -hmm. so I think that's that true causes a lot of fear when you're in judgment it's not it's not reality ah that's our favorite Carl Jung that's right we judge and most of the time we are our own worst critics we judge ourselves for everything I know I do, doesn't matter how much I know, uh, what I look, even if I could know everything in the world, you know, I could be like the most gorgeous person in the world. 
I would still have that uh, feeling that, you know, I don't know everything. Uh, not enough, for example. And that is humbleness, I believe, that uh, that you have to assume in order to move forward. Otherwise, if you know everything, I know that there's a saying that fools know everything and intelligent people always doubt themselves. So as you can well, see, you... Dr. Sherry, you're not complimenting me. I have to compliment myself for Pete's sake. Well, I was like... going to tell you, you were up there on that gorgeous <laughs> scale. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like telling myself that I'm intelligent. I'm just like trying to beat it into you and you're not saying anything. <laughs> you're very intelligent, but of course we don't know everything. Oh, anyway. this is a joke. Yeah, this is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> but when so, we get to this point, that's the importance of discovering your essence. Because discovering you, when we judge, we're seeking outside of ourselves. But when you start to learn your own essence, you don't, you don't rely on validation outside of yourself. If you have all the tools to validate you, it doesn't matter what someone else thinks of you. That At the end of the day, it doesn't. It's very profound. At the end of the day. But how many times do we sit with ourselves, facing our own selves at the end of the day and not knowing what our purpose is? Because from that purpose comes the understanding of self-validation. Mm -hmm. Because if I continuously uh, on social media in the evening, just like sitting there, either watching TV, uh, sometimes I'm guilty of that, you know, like mindlessly when I'm like after a long day, just sit there mindlessly watch TV like a zombie. But and then what do we do? We sit on the social media and we scroll through other people's lives, uh, thinking and admiring their lives. And in fact, that those are could be the people that are so uh, self-conscious. They don't know what the, uh, their life is all about, right? They're seeking for external validation. And we, as our audience, providing that. Mm -hmm. So where is that meaning in our lives? To finding purpose? To finding purpose. I, I think it's okay to sit there and do mindless things sometimes. And not, I think it's, gauging the mm -hmm. ability to not be guilty when you start doing something you're feeling guilty about it it's like then you have to start navigating a whole nother emotion guilt so there's fear and you have all these emotions of guilt um finding your purpose i think you have to get through the essence of yourself first who am i what does it mean to be human in this world as i am and what is my purpose? Because I do believe we already know as a determinist, your purpose is already determined, correct? My purpose. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was, Dr. <laughs> Sherry. It was. And I must, must say that a lot of the times uh, we feel guilty uh, because we're not fulfilling our destiny. I feel guilty oh, for not fulfilling my destiny. But then you have to know what your destiny is. You know what happened to me? A long time ago, I was 17 and I was revealed my destiny at that time. And I was like, you know what? I am not doing that. This is too difficult. This is absolutely difficult. And I am not doing it because uh, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. And I did it all. I did it all. But over the years, that concept uh, of what my destiny was that was revealed to me, it was coming in circles in my life. And if we think about the Jungian concept, the Swiss psychiatrist, the Dr. Carl Jung, of circumambulation, 
it's a mouthful. <laughs> Sometimes it's so difficult to say. Circumambulation that talks to us about our passions and desires from when we were children. And all those desires, they stay with us throughout life and they come to us sooner or later because time is not linear and our movement to our goal is not linear. We move in circles. So even if we try to walk away or move away or run away from ourselves, we always come back to what it is, is our essence. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's difficult to know. It's very difficult to know. That is why I, uh, I said, I'm not doing it. And I moved away because it was so important for me to do what I want to do. And I was very stubborn at the time. And, you know, time humbles us and life humbles us. And it did humble me greatly. <laughs> humility is what we need to find our essence. Without humility, I don't think you can sit with yourself. Truly. Truly. And then uh, uh, what and who release releases that or reveals that the essence to us many of us uh, uh we are spiritual people we believe in god we believe in the universe we uh believe in something that is guiding our life path you know and uh, those people that uh, don't uh, even believe in any of this they believe in themselves and self -will. that self-will and will to power as uh, uh, my favorite Nietzsche says, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Will to power, will to live. And when you know that it's your own goal, the same way we can say that I am who I am. Even if we think that we determine our life best, a lot of the time it may not be. Because I am who I am. I am what I am. That was said in many scriptures. Says that God is within. The universe is within me. Indeed. So, God is everything I've heard. Yeah. The, and, the and whatever we call it. Whatever name that we call it. Nevertheless, it doesn't uh, reduce the meaning of the concept of God, of the universe, of the governing uh, law and power in our lives and the laws of the universe that nobody uh, canceled yet. And we have to live by the laws of the universe. Yes. It's so like, it's like putting trust in fate, putting trust in something beyond your self will. Self will true. run riot. We keep oh, depending on our own thoughts. If you live between your ears and stay up there with a the committee, you know, you, you might see things that you don't want to see or keep living the same patterns and so on and so forth. So where do I need to go, Dr. Sherry? Tell me if I don't if I don't want to live Here. between my ears, I have to live there. Use your mm -hmm. other brain, your heart. So my heart. So if I live by my heart, by my intuition, what happens to my intellect? If I am very reasonable person and reason for me is more important than feelings. It's about, if you listen to your intuition and it's, it's guiding you, you should never be led astray because your intuition should 
come from a good place. However, if you're mis if someone's mistaken their intuition for fear, that's a whole nother topic of conversation. Because then that's a that's a feeling that's being directed by. It's all tied to the mind. It's one big operating bodily physiological mechanism operating together. But I think when we lead with the heart, which I believe the heart is the spiritual in nature um, profoundness that you're speaking of. It's beyond. It's when the mind takes over, I believe, is when not necessarily in trouble. It's about how to navigate the mind. And that is so important, I believe, uh, to think in this terms from the very beginning of your life, from the very beginning to teach also our kids to trust themselves, to understand that the, nobody knows your life path as well as you do. Because as our parents, uh, I have had a lot of uh, clients who would be suffering in their lives that their parents would tell them that, oh, you have to be a doctor. Because our entire family, uh, they're all doctors, uh, uh, mother and father, grandfather, grandmother, grand, great, grandparents, grand, great, 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 uh, whatever, back going to the BC. <laughs> so we're all doctors. <laughs> now you have to be a doctor too. So it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. And the man, he was actually uh, fond of architecture. So after getting his degree, M MD, he became an MD, became a psychiatrist. He left it. He left it because he was suffering so tremendously. You would think that, how can you suffer? Uh, you're a psychiatrist. And there is a lack of psychiatrists in this world, especially here in California and San Diego. <laughs> Essentially, that there's so many people that need it. That there's a lack and it's really difficult to get an appointment with a psychiatrist. And psychiatrists are just uh, snatched just like that and they get jobs and they get, uh, are highly paid. So why? But he wasn't interested in that. That was not his life purpose purpose from the very beginning of his life he was interested in modeling uh, not modeling as uh, 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 fashion modeling but constructing uh, with his hands um, he was interested in architecture how everything worked and how to build things and he finally went to school and yeah, he became an architect that's, and he's the happiest person now alive. I'm a chef outside of being um, a doctor of, of the, yes. the human mind. I'm a professional chef. And I've met a lot of people along my journey in the dungeons of the kitchens, uh, the beautiful places and creativity who left their jobs and their careers to endeavor in that field because that's where they felt pulled to. And that's what brought them meaning. We can have little but as long as we have meaning in our lives, that's the most important. You don't need a lot of material things and you don't need a lot of people. What you need is meaning. Without meaning, we can have whatever we want externally. But if you don't have meaning, you're always going to be searching for it. Always. And then always. you'll try to find it in other people. And that may not be the best road, but it's only one way to find out. Yes, travel. This, exactly. That's travel. But when we're not finding our life purpose and our mm -hmm. meaning, 
what do we do? We try to um, calm our brain and, brain and body in something that is not uh, uh, suitable for us, that is not good. We're going to gambling, right? In order to avoid something, we go and this, we spend uh, incredible amount of time just communicating with people, going to parties, just distracting ourselves, right? It's difficult. It's difficult to think. So that is why most people judge Remember? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's like um, you're not what you're not what you say you'll do. You are what you do. So we can talk and talk and talk until the cows come home, or the birds, or the pigs, or whatever. <laughs> till we come home. <laughs> till we but come home, but we have to face ourselves. Right. Like action speaks louder than words. When you get into a situation. And say it's negative for your life and you get out and you learn something new, you plant seeds. You might hang around other people that plant seeds. And I promise, based on my own opinion in my own life, when seeds are planted, anytime you try to go back to something that you did before with those seeds, there's always going to be something inside of you that's saying something is feels off. Whether or not you choose to listen to it, that's your own, whether or not how far, how deep you want to go down the hole there. Oh, but sometimes it can be so scary. Like, for example, in my case, uh, I had to run away from that. There is a, a beautiful story, a biblical story of Jonah in the Old Testament and how he tried to run away from his destiny. What did he do? So God tells him, Jonah, you have to go to the town or the city. There was a, um, a very prominent city at the time called Nineveh. You have to go there and spread my word. And Jonah is like, oh, my God, I am not going there. All these people are hating me. It's just like right now uh, with Israelis and Palestinians. You know, you can't go. You're Israeli and then you go to Palestinians and the Palestinians go to Israel. And then what's going to happen to them, right? It's over the centuries. And just like recently, if we look at the uh, Russians and Ukrainians, by the way, everyone forgot about the conflict of Russian and Ukrainians. All of a sudden, when there is a conflict broke out in the Middle East somehow. So when we do that, now I forgot what I was going to say. Why did I go even to Russia? Why did I go to Israel? <laughs> You're going back to find your destiny. I'm going back to find my destiny. <laughs> oh, God forbid. I don't want to go there to find my destiny. I found my destiny here, Dr. Sherry, right here. Your destiny is right sitting Diego. right in front of us right now. This is you're currently living your destiny right now. I mean, this right. is all we have in this moment. It's all exactly. we have. Exactly. Well, kind of. <laughs> right. But so Jonah. Okay, Jonah. Right. So he's like, I'm not going to Nineveh. That's uh, I'm gonna be killed immediately, right there on the spot, smack dead. So what he does, he gets on the ship and he goes in the opposite direction. So what God's do God does, he just creates the storm and he says, Jonah, this is your destiny. I'm sending you to Nineveh and you have to go there. You have to bring that word to people. And uh, Jonah understands. He understands. And that's why he says, uh, um, he tells people that throw me overboard. You know, how... 
in a normal state of mind, anybody's going to say, throw me overboard in the middle of the sea in the storm. But he understands at the time why this is all happening, because he disobeyed his destiny. And then he goes and then he gets swallowed by a whale and he spends three days in the stomach of a whale getting uh, reprogrammed, so to say. He understands his purpose at the time. He comes out reborn when the whale finally spits him out. Why? Why would the whale spit him out? You know, like she ate him. <laughs> Keep him there. But the point of a story is that, that he comes out reborn and he understands what the life purpose is. And I'm sure it wasn't so incredibly peaceful and nice to be in the stomach of a whale with all of the stomach juices <laughs> that is going to completely <laughs> disintegrate you. But it didn't. You know, it didn't. I'm sure it was difficult and it was dark and uh, he cried out to God and nobody could hear him at the time. And he came out. Finally, he understood that that was his um, destiny. Now I want to go whale watching. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I've been there. And, you know, those three days, actually, those three days they are so meaningful for us to find our purpose or to understand this is what we need to do. And like you mentioned at the very beginning, we have to uh, fall flat on our face to be uh, at the bottom of a barrel, to alone in a dark space with suffering in order to understand where do I need to go? My However, life. However, once I believe you get through these periods, I believe seeds are planted throughout. Hopefully people are, who are listening and watching, even younger people can, I always tell someone that's younger than me when I'm speaking to them, a client or helping someone, that I hope you can find your essence and purpose and not wait till you're older, you know, because it, it, suffering will get us there, I believe. However, after the seeds are planted, anytime we go back to, the, I think, and revisit similar situations, I guess what I'm trying to say here is it doesn't always take suffering. Sometimes once the seeds have been planted, we might find ourselves in a place we don't want to be and we're able to get out without having to suffer first. True. And then we get resistance to something that doesn't serve our purpose. You're absolutely right. When people think that, oh, resentment is such a bad feeling, it's not a bad feeling. Or anxiety. I have so many people that come to me and ask me to help me with anxiety. And they tell me, this is what I want to do. Now, you have to help me with anxiety uh, to relieve me of this anxiety. And they said, like, you can do the hyp hypnosis. Just do your hypnotic, hypnotic tricks and read me of the anxieties, you know. And I tell them, this is not uh, one of my clients. Um, she's like, I want to uh, be a nurse. And her mom also said, oh. She wants to be a nurse. She needs to go there. And her entire life, she was scared of blood. <laughs> she did not uh, She did not want to be a nurse, but, but at the same time, her mom was a nurse. And uh, she already had like a couple of years of education and that. That's so she thinks that this is her life path and she should be doing that. When she really wanted to be a businesswoman. She was so attracted to all this business concept. She's always finding ways how to start a new business. 
So I told her you will always be anxious. And this anxiety is actually fuel, fueling your life right now to become who you are, to become what you really want to do. So your soul is really telling you this is not the way. So when she finally graduated and she did go back to finish her um, nursing degree, and I'm not saying that everybody should just stop and go someplace else such a business. That's not it. That was the particular life path for this girl. And she fainted. On her first day of work, she fainted. And what is happening happening to her now? Uh, they came back to me and said, oh, you have to help her. You have to. I don't. I am not even going to take this case on because that anxiety is fueling her. That pain is telling her that she needs to go the other direction. So she started her own business. And she's happy as she doesn't have any anxieties. Maybe anxiety. We all have anxieties once in a while in our life. Anxiety right? is important. It's a matter of your perspective. Exactly. It's all in perception. We can both look at the same photo and see something completely different. That's the beauty of the mind. True. I mean, if we're all alike, then, I mean, this world would be one boring place. True. Well, from my perspective, since we're speaking about perspectives. Yeah. And at the same time, that uh, with anxiety and also with the resentment. When I we have think a different take. Resentment. I don't think resentment feels good at all. Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't feel good at all. Oh, who wants to be resented? <laughs> resentful. Oh, come on, everybody. Let's just feel resentful <laughs> right now. Sign me everybody, up. <laughs> everybody, let's be resentful. <laughs> no, it doesn't feel good. But that resentment is telling you that something is wrong. It's teachable. Something is it's teachable. It shows you that you either have to create healthy boundaries or you have to go in a different direction. What is going on? And like mm -hmm. you said, that we need to teach our kids and younger people to listen to themselves. That resentment, if it is a healthy resentment, if it is not uh, to flip your parents off and just like uh, uh, completely be um, um, nihilistic about everything and uh, not respect your teachers, your professors, uh, and go to drugs, this is not what it is. We're mm -hmm. talking about uh, healthy resentment. For example, I want to tell you my sto story of uh, my daughter when she went to college. She was, uh, uh, she actually received a congressional nomination for U.S. Air Force Academy, and she also applied uh, to USNA. Uh, That's fantastic. Oh, it's fantastic. So she had the golden ticket to go to U.S. Air Force Academy for um, for the degree that she chose in uh, um, <sighs> What <clears throat> I can't even pronounce. I can't, I, can't, I can't. Yes, exactly. And that was so. Uh, it, it, it's a difficult degree, and for the girls uh, to be there, it's even more important. So she got it all. She got it all. Congressional nominations. You have to have an interview. You have to go through all of this process. Then she gets this terrible anxiety. Mom, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And like, how don't you want to do it? My entire family. We're all in the military. We are all in the uh, Air Force, not in the Navy, but the, uh, in the military, high-ranking officers. And well, you don't want to do it. I'm like, oh, my God, my life is crumbling. My life is crumbling in front of my eyes. My child doesn't want to do it. But I said, okay, 
you know, it just killed me inside. It killed me inside because I was on the opposite side, right? Mm -hmm. So what happened is that, okay, so she went to, she went to um, one of the UCs, University of California. And then a year later, USA forces back after her again. So they found her somehow and they offered her a contract. They said, come and teach nuclear engineering when she was working on electrical engineering already. Come and teach nuclear engineering. And she thought, oh, this is a great possibility, great opportunity, because you'll get, as you know, Dr. Sherry, you are a veteran. You're a veteran. And to, to it's so interesting to me to look at you. You're so beautiful. You're young and radiant. And you're a veteran. <laughs> How is it possible? So you would understand that because I shared that with you before. And she went through the whole process. And the last thing what she needed to do in that process is to go to uh, Washington, D.C. to have an interview with the admiral. And the interview is... Uh, um, the last step before you sign the contract. So everything is situated, everything, all the health uh, exams are done, everything is done. She gets this incredible anxiety back again. Mom, I don't want to do it. I don't know. I don't want to. She said, I don't want to disappoint you and dad in order uh, for not going to teach, for not signing this contract. And at that time, of course, I was already smarter. And I said, you should not be afraid to disappoint anybody but yourself. Because if you don't do what you have to do in your life, nobody will do it for you. So you have to listen to yourself. But Dr. Sherry, how many times our parents say that? Our parents don't say that. Oh, you have to do. Oh, you have to. You already gotten that degree. You have to do that. This is a great opportunity. Uh, you will get a job. It's uh, a fantastical fantastic benefits you'll be set for life and that's what i told her before but then i understood she has her own life path and she didn't take it and good for her because she needs to walk her own path whatever is interesting to her whatever feels right and confident and we're not saying that you have to conquer the world you have to become a president of the united states you know that, that's not it. We all find meaning. Like you said, meaning is very important. We all have to find meaning in what we do in our life purpose. And that will inspire her for years to come to know that you, she was able to walk her own path with support and encouragement. And because there's a lot of children out there who don't even have that. They don't even have parents or they don't have supportive parents who even give them an option, who even support them or encourage them for anything. So it's a, a blessing. And I'm grateful to hear that you were able to surrender your own control as a parent to let her be and not create your own resentments or have your have resentments or disappointments. And then parents, a lot of the times they do resent their kids for choosing their own life path, right? Well, how do you know? I know it better as your parent, right? Again, we have but that's to listen to ourselves. We have to listen to ourselves and we also have to understand what irritates us about others is oftentimes has all everything to do with us. Again, Carl Jung. True. No. True. In order to understand uh, knowing our darknesses, our insides is what is the method to getting to know someone else's darkness. It's the only way to deal with it. I think here we're like bringing up archetypes here. 
archetypes mm-hmm. to talk to us. Dr. Shiri, you just like spitting comments and the quotes of Dr. <laughs> Carl Jung. You I love, love him. I know. I, know. I just love quotes in general. I think they have, they have led been a, a guiding force in my life. Dr. Maya Angelou is a big uh, influence mm-hmm. in my life as well. Like she said, if they knew better, they do better. Parents, you know, sometimes we they just don't know. We think we know what's best for everybody else. And we don't even know what's best for us. And for ourselves as well, when we look back, how harshly do we judge ourselves? Why didn't I do this? If I only chose that, if I didn't marry that guy, what would have happened if I just chose that job over that? Yeah. You know, the coulda, we, woulda, shoulda. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. But we do everything in our lives. If we look back, we did it from the position of the understanding of ourselves from the situation of us at that stage in life. Mm-hmm. At that wisdom that we had at the time. So we should not blame ourselves and resent ourselves. It's all in the past. And we have to respect ourselves uh, to... We have to respect ourselves enough in order to look back and say, okay, yeah, I messed up, you know. Uh, yes, I did this, or I did not do that. Or, That's uh, the humility you were talking about, being humble. Being humble. Well, and then being humble with yourselves. Taking responsibility and accepting ourselves because what we did before, we did it already. Now, what we can do from the moment from now on, for example, is it so easy, for example, in our world to finally understand our purpose, finally to take a note of every little hint that came our way, uh, get, getting back to this idea of circumambulation, that life keeps bringing all these hints back to us, the interests that we had in our life, the habits uh, whatever that we were drawn to that we perhaps don't tell anybody. It is all inside of us, right? And then uh, we're secretly longing for that. We want to do that. And who said, um, Dr. Sherry, the quote uh, genius, <laughs> who said that we need to turn our hobbies into uh, our careers and we want work uh, a day in our lives? Who said that? I don't know, but I know exactly. I know the quote. Yeah. Know what you're talking about. Yeah. If you yeah. love what you do, you'll never have to work a day in your you'll life. You'll never have to work a day in your life. That's right. But how many of us don't do that? You know, is it so difficult? Is it so easy to just like break off the life conventions and become who we are? It's difficult because, for example, if we take um, the recent client that I had, uh, she's a mother with five kids and she's been so stuck in the loveless and lifeless marriage, uh, caring for her kids and juggling her career and uh, her husband. And her husband is uh, not uh, an easygoing person, really abusive person. But what did she have to do? You know, she really had to bend her ego to continue to live in a situation with her husband caring for her kids when all she wanted to do in her life is to paint. 
Now, how can you make a living? People say, right? How can you make a living? You should not become an artist. And everybody would tell you that. It's difficult to survive. There are so many painters, so many artists. Like, you have to survive. And you can, because one of my really dear friends is an artist, and she's been self-employed for, I think, 13 years, and she has her own art studio. She still works, but she's brilliant. Anything you touch, she can paint or produce. I I think as she lives with meaning and purpose, and she knows that's what her, her destiny is. And she's not afraid to be humble and to take True. different things to continue that path. Imagine. We're taking your incredible friend, Stacy, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm so psychic. I'm psychic. I can read it. Stacy Diagar. Yes. Unreal art. In San Diego, right? That's right. Is she? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So imagine we take Stacy and put her in a position of a lifeless marriage, abusive husband at the very beginning, five kids. And she found herself early on in this situation. And then her gift that was given to her to paint was non-existent. She would just forget about it. Uh, she would secretly long for that. But she had to care for five kids, you know. Forget five kids, two kids. One kid is enough, you know, to suffer for the rest of your life because it, parenthood is so difficult, right? It can be. But um, uh, what I'm saying is that that client of mine, she yeah. little by little, she started painting. Even she did not get the career of a most famous artist in the world. That painting gave her meaning and she was able to express herself that way and she's still unfortunately in that situation because it's not easy to leave uh the conventional situations that we already have but, but she's uh, the beautiful thing about her situation is that she's able to bring her unconscious to the conscience so instead of to continuously stuff it because as Jung says i believe until we bring the unconscious conscious it will di direct our life and we will call it fate we'll so until we fate. bring that she's bringing it up it's a way for her to express and if she, she may be able to accept her her reality absolutely. instead of resent it oh absolutely resentment wow what an interesting conversation we're having and thank you for joining those who are watching us right now we are coming live to you from united public radio network 107.7 fm and you are with us dr sherry and i dr yana listening to be honest podcast relationship talks and more so if you have any questions ask us and we will happily respond. Okay, so we have some people who are liking it. Uh, say thank you for interesting information. All right. Well, we welcome any questions. So please ask us questions and we will do our best. I do have some questions that have oh, been wonderful. submitted okay. to us. Shoot There's, it, Dr. Uh, Sherry. Come on. <laughs> Sammy in California asks, I keep attracting like the same type of person in my life. I feel like I have made changes in my life for the better, but I feel like I'm repeating the same thing over and over. Should I try dabbling in microdosing psychedelics as, as it seems to be popular at the moment? 
<laughs> well, <laughs> Dr. Sherry, microphone to you, please. Um, I would say that any type of external use of a substance. Um, I won't, I can't say to subscribe or not subscribe to something like that because I'm not well versed in it. However, I would maybe consider that to be a little bit of a pseudo healing. It's still, it's still searching for something outside of yourself to feel whole. So Sammy, I would say that um, sitting with yourself and learning more about yourself and maybe getting involved in other things other than the same things you have been involved in. I'm looking at this question like she's sitting here. <laughs> exactly, right? Discussing. <laughs> so I would say anything you do outside of yourself to try to find yourself may not help you feel whole, unless it's uh, maybe exercise or something of that nature that you're doing for yourself. Because I believe dabbling in things that you're unaware of could trigger things that you may not be ready to deal with. So maybe also speak to someone who's uh, a professional or a counselor or direct yourself in that direction. Yes, I believe that the seeking psychotherapy would really uh, help here. Because uh, there are trained uh, therapists uh, to help you also with the, the pattern of behavior that you have to try to understand, help you understand those unconscious patterns in you, why you're picking the same person all over again in different variations. We all do. We all do. But up until we make the unconscious conscious, because we're all subconsciously choosing different kinds of partners, we have to make it conscious and ask ourselves why. But if we go to microdosing, it's again like running away from yourself. What are you going to find there? What are you going to find microdosing? Your answers, you won't be able to understand all those unconscious patterns in you. It won't yes. be revealed to you. You have to have the, uh, the conversation with a trained um, therapist. And I believe uh, I've heard uh, years ago when I was in my studies that we are born with everything that we need. We just have to be willing to get real with ourselves, to be honest, and form real connections. Sometimes it seems easier to just be complacent and just talk and judge and not do and not take action. It seems easier, but at the end of the day, when you're finally sitting with yourself because something didn't work out, how easy was it? Or how easy is it in that moment when you're having to deal with the guilt of what you just put yourself through? That's true. How many I, times have you heard yourself when you're in a situation you don't want to be in? You're talking to yourself and you're like, I don't really want to be here. And you you stay. It's like you can't even leave. I'm guilty of that. That's happened to me throughout my lifetime. And I had to collect enough seeds to be able to understand how to navigate and come home. Come and sometimes home I still get to yourself to come home. Exactly. To your soul. To self, right. But then we have to be honest, like you said. We have to be honest with ourselves. What do we want? What do we like? Are we in a situation that we like? Does it serve my purpose and my destiny? Yes. You know what helped me a lot throughout the, the ages? Throughout the decades? <laughs> ages. Oh, my God. Ages. <laughs> throughout the ages. BC. What are you talking well, about? That? Life, I'm right? an old you know, soul. That's, that's a whole right. other ages. Show. Yeah. Past lives. Past lives, right. 
what helped me is to look at myself in the mirror. And a lot of the times when we look at ourselves, it's either to get ready to go somewhere or uh, we look so closely into the mirror that we find all this discrepancies, something comes up and like, oh, this doesn't look good. This doesn't look, oh, something came up here. Oh my God, that my nose is not good. Yeah, the magnifying mirror. Magnifying, oh my God. No one can see that. I never, never look at the magnifying. Whoever invented that, for bid's sake, that's so horrible. I don't ever want to look into magnifying mirror. <laughs> you can be 18 and you're looking at you will be horrified for what you see, all those wrinkles, everything. So no, no magnifying mirrors for me. I look in the regular mirror. Mirror, but, mirror on the wall. Tell Yana all. Yes. And the mirror will tell you if you look honestly and if you look onto yourself and say, okay, this is I who I am. Getting back, I am who I am. You know, in our society, there is a tendency to accept ourselves for who we are. We can be, forgive me, uh, pieces of uh, horrible things. I'm not going to say <laughs> you can be an absolute dumbass. You can be a horrible human being. And at the same time, if the society says, oh, we all have to accept ourselves, then I have to accept ourselves being a nasty individual, right? Abusing other people, being nasty and saying horrible things. But that's not the case. We have to be changing ourselves. We have to be bettering ourselves all the time. But when we look at ourselves in the mirror and trying to discover our purpose consciously, but say, okay, this is what it is. I'm going to take what I see right now in the mirror and I'm going to talk with myself and see what comes out out of it. So I discuss, discuss the life issues with myself. I just go and consciously discuss, you know, sometimes it's uh, really nice to talk to a smart individual. <laughs> so I look at myself in the mirror, <laughs> the intellectual <laughs> Why haven't you called me back? I've been talking to myself for hours. <laughs> exactly. I love talking to myself. <laughs> so, yes, um, I look in the mirror and I converse with myself as well. And I'm honest. I'm honest. Uh, not a lot of the times I do. It's uh, um, uh, in voice. I don't talk to myself, but... In my head, I do just like you said. Why did I do it? Well, why am it's I okay here? To to why am I here? Ah, uh, you know, the science shows that the people after forty that starts uh, speaking to themselves, and it's a normal thing. So if you see people talking to, to to themselves and they seemingly, you know, young and normal looking, not necessarily that they're crazy because we like to talk to ourselves. This and... morning, I was talking, taking the dogs out, and like <laughs> talking to myself. Oh, what a nice day. The sun is shining. Oh, I want to go uh, to the field and I'm going to hang myself. Not not in terms of like hanging myself, but the, there's a certain kids, you know, that the, uh, exercise and you just hang to make you feel better, right? You extend your spine and, wow. I'm, and I'm talking to myself. I'm like, if people just hurt me talking to myself and not my dogs, you know? <laughs> Again, no, that brings up, if somebody's judging you based on you talking to yourself, then they're coming, they're already coming out of their own self judging another person you're coming out of yourself you automatically have taken your perception which is not even probably close to the other person's perception and now you're judging their perception oh i think judging. It's, exactly 
My mom how, always told me, fall in love with the woman in the mirror. And so like you're doing, you're falling in love with the person in the mirror because you're learning to love yourself. If those people who don't want to stand in front of a mirror, you can also write. Writing, I think that you can talk to yourself all the time. However, when you take a method of getting it out, whereas the writing, speaking in the mirror, those types of things, I think you, you're taking it out of yourself. And I think when you take it out and it reflects back, that's the process of bringing the unconscious to the conscious. You're taking that's it true. out and you're, you're looking at it consciously. Your mom is such a wise woman. And it's so good to have a mom who would uh, speak to you wisely. If only I would listen. I didn't for so many years. I didn't listen. I never fell in love with myself. It took me took me decades, probably centuries at this point, to um, fall in love with myself. I'm I'm still learning to love myself. It's an ongoing process because we will. I believe we will always be triggered by the shadows. You know, there's a, a, the archetype of the persona. We bring that up because it's sometimes in certain situations it's very important to have a persona because sometimes you. We can present ourselves or we, we, we dress up to present ourselves a certain way in different so social gatherings. Personas can not, are not always a negative thing. However, when we wear the persona for far too long and we're not becoming ourselves and we live the persona, I think that's when it begins to overshadow. Well, that is so interesting to see that having a mom like that, such a supportive figure in your life, you still... Uh, it took you years to accept yourself because when you have this incredible support when you're young, you have to fall in love with yourself, right? With a person in the mirror. That is so incredible. I hope to meet your mom one day. You will. And you're, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm partially living her legacy through me, even though she's still alive. I think, you know, she, I, I am who I am today. It's a big reason of my parents. And I'm grateful to have that because I do honor that. And I do know a lot of people do not have that. So if I could give to other people who don't have what I have to be able to provide the love that I was given in my life, that's my purpose in this world is to give back what I've been giving to so many people who, who never have that or who have lost their parents. So absolutely. that's a blessing I hope to bestow, bestow on the world. Through my that's words. absolutely that's incredible that's such an incredible <laughs> statement you know i had the uh and i still do uh thank thank god my parents and they have been incredible parents very supporting uh parents however we're talking about looking at ourselves in the mirror i think uh when i was 14 our parents can just make comments sometimes they don't even think about the consequences my mom said that your nose is too big like your grandmother's <laughs> comments that we can make right and i remember that and once in a while she said oh you look like your, your grandma and maybe not really in the uh negative uh, way but i took it negatively I, we don't go and fight with our parents over single things so as parents we have to be so careful talking to our children because i grew up thinking that i had a big fat nose you know, and of course, in my mind, it's not just big nose, it became even bigger out of proportions. And I've always been so <laughs> um, feeling so bad about my face, about my nose. And it's like um, Einstein said, if you judge the fish by the way it climbs a tree, the fish will grow up and think that it's entire love that it's stupid. <laughs> so I thought my nose was huge up until the time when 
when I was, I believe, 24, and a friend of mine wanted to do a nose job. And she looked at me and she said, Yana, wish I had a nose like yours. And I'm like, <laughs> mine? What are you talking about? I was 24. I said, what are you talking about? My nose is so big. Now she had a look at my nose. My nose is not big now at all. You, now you know <laughs> so much. <laughs> my nose knows so much yes. exactly follow your nose <laughs> so that was the first time in my life that i looked at myself through the eyes of another person that she wanted a nose like mine and this comes from the personal experience and we have to be so conscious of what we tell other people especially children because they're like you said they're sponges so I look at myself in the mirror and I said, you know what? I'm so proud of my nose. And my nose is actually fine. Yes, it is when you're... we're being conditioned by other people, by their remarks, but something that they say. So I would suggest um, if you're a conscious human being, just the other people's opinion should not be your personal business. So let them have an opinion of you, you know? Which is and... easier said than done. And that's exactly why we're here today to yes. tell you how to navigate that because it's exactly. easier said than done to to not listen to what someone else says about true. you that's true so that's why the self-validation comes from within so look at yourself in the mirror and ask honest questions yes. what do i like in this life is my life at the stage where it is right now is 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 it satisfying to me and what can i do to make it better to listen to your own inner voice and yes. start doing things that you have always wanted to do. Because if we don't do things that we've always wanted to do and that is sitting dormant in our hearts, but we know someday we tell ourselves someday that someday never comes. And if you don't and know what your purpose is, learn to sit in gratitude with the intention of gratitude. So you can recognize what's good in your life. Because if you keep, if you focus on the good that you have, good will come. And if you don't know where you're going, make one change, small steps, baby steps. It doesn't have to be this miraculous. I think a lot of times we do that too. We, we try to set these major goals, these unrealistic goals that we're bound to fail. Sometimes we don't even start something out of fear of failure. It happened to me when I was in the process of doing my dissertation. I'm like, why can't I start? And then someone said, probably, have you considered there's a fear of failure? And when that was spoken to me, it opened a door. I had no idea that that was a possibility. That's so true. Start and small. Start small. <laughs> and like I learned also, it says the best dissertation is the done dissertation. So when I heard that, I said, oh, my God, that is so nice. The best dissertation is the Don dissertation. So whenever we're trying to be so harsh on ourselves, right, so hard on ourselves um, and being perfect perfectionistic, thinking, oh, wish I had this kind of a nose, wish I had this kind of a face, or wish I had different circumstances in my life. No, start where you are right now and move from there to better yes. yourself, to bury your circumstances. Because if you don't, there is another possibility that a great possibility what actually happens as uh, one of the laws of the universe. If you don't follow what you have to do in your life or the destiny that was imposed on you, whether you like it or not, 
your life situations can become very chaotic. So one way to understand where we're moving in this life is whether we find ourselves in chaos, in lots of problems, and problems are falling on us from right, left, from top, and shooting from the ground. From If we're walking on the straight path, all of a sudden we stumble and we fall. You know, so problems arise from anywhere. So we have to yes. understand. Like, How you when, feel about your life is your life. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. How you feel about it. Then you ask yourself the honest question. Am I on the right path? Because what happened to me, what I was not doing, what I was supposed to do, not that many people, in fact, can be so fortunate to learn the, what they're supposed to be doing, their destiny. I was fortunate to know that, but for many people, it is not. And when was, I was trying to run away from myself, I had all sorts of things go wrong with me, all sorts of things, up until the time that I said, okay, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, what uh, to fulfill the path that was uh, predetermined for me. And only then, Dr. Sherry, only then I was able to figure out my life and to iron it out to make it better and enjoyable for me. So when we have, when we listen to ourselves, we find where our soul goes against circumstances, people, our own emotions. So I think it is very important. Yes. Uh, once you start uncovering your essence, I've heard, uh, I believe it's a Navy SEAL. There's a YouTube clip with him. He talks, talks about it's as simple as starting in the morning and making your bed. Not everybody mm -hmm. makes their bed, but if you can get up in the morning and you just make your bed, that's an accomplishment. Something as small as making your bed, doing one small thing that you don't usually do that would better your life. And it doesn't have to be major can make all the difference. Yeah. It was in a commencement ceremony. I remember that great speech, mm -hmm. great speech. Jordan Peterson also says it. This yeah, is it's, sit on the edge of your bed, sit on the edge of your bed too, but you have to make it first. Mm -hmm. make it in order to straighten your life. How are you going to do that? Where are you going to start? Start with making your bed. Start with making your room, straightening it out, cleaning it, clean out the clutter, at least have one room in your house that is free of clutter. That's when you can sit down and think. Because, you know, when people say, oh, the creativity process requires all the mess around you, the hell it does. There's a method to the madness. <laughs> and it's, it's, some people can sit in chaos. And that's great. I don't, I'm, I'm not one of them. Chaos is detrimental to my well-being and my mental wellness. So for those that can sit in chaos, perhaps there will be a big book written how to sit in chaos and smile. <laughs> How, how to sit in chaos and smile. Ooh, that would be a great book. <laughs> I think it would be pretty popular. <laughs> how to well, sit in chaos and start smile. Start it now. <laughs> it would be because it's so difficult to change your life. It's better just to sit in it, right? And do nothing. Furnish the rut. 
Yeah, so people are going to buy that book and say that, you know what, it's totally fine to sit in chaos, that the PhD wrote it. I am going to listen to it. <laughs> you, and, and perhaps we can sit in chaos and, and find the calm. I think, again, there, that's another great point. You can be in a very chaotic situation or circumstance in your life, and it's how you, how you respond. It's all about what we do. We can talk to the talk, 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 but in our actions, we don't have to tell everybody about our plans and where we're going in the world. Our actions will show them. We're going to show up and our actions will display who we are. Act, do something. Don't keep talking about it. Act. You want to change the world? You want to be the change? Start changing it. And start changing. And start changing Make you. Make your bed, clean your room <laughs> one at a time. Right. One at a time. Because in my life as well, sometimes uh, there were times, of course, when uh, the ceiling is falling, the sky is falling, everything is crumbling in your life. And all of the balls that you're juggling in the air, they're like eggs, they're falling and they're breaking on the uh, floor. Right. And you're like, oh, my God, everything is going wrong. Everything <laughs> is on the floor. A mess here mess there and I hate place to be messy you know and I have to have everything in order in order to think and like it's impossible the relationships the people get sick you have to carry in yourself you know the deadlines the projects are burning there people are uh, uh, on your case that you have to submit all of the uh, um uh, whatever that you have to deliver, either papers or the book or something like that to be edited. And you're like thinking that the world is a chaos. I can't live like that. And what do you do? You have to calm yourself for a second. Even if it's a chaos, sit down with yourself and start thinking, you know what? This is me. I am who I am. And I should be true to myself. I should be honest with myself. Yes, I'm in the midst of all this chaos, but I take myself anywhere I go, meaning that I am, I should be my own best friend and become that best friend to yourself. Yeah, Fine. that's a good point. Good point. Taking everywhere you go. I think feng, the uh, art of feng shui speaks of that. You take your home everywhere you go. That's why it's very important, not just because some of us have OCD issues cleaning sometimes, you know, I'm one of those people who are very uh, organized, but we, we, we take our home wherever we go. And I think the same thing inside when we say to go home, if we have a bunch of clutter on the inside, how we perceive the world is going to be chaotic. How you, what you see on the, what you have inward is what you're going to project outward. So we take ourselves everywhere we go. So until we sit right or sit with ourselves, there's no right or wrong here. Until we sit and go home, find your essence, unmask your purpose. You know what your purpose is. You know. And the you. Go get it. And it, 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 after you have all that, I think you'll have more, you'll have meaning. And again, I think meaning is the essence of being. Exactly. And then again, that uh, with the concept of circumambulation, all this... <laughs> That's oh, I love this. I love it. It's a funny word, but I love it because that concept is teaching us. I can just like uh, uh, throw that away, but life goes in circles. And 
our life purpose is going to come to us one way or another through people that are coming accidentally into our lives because nothing they're happens not accidents. by accident nothing oh, happens right. by accident exactly yeah what we call accidentally they come oh um by accident right nothing of this kind exists in this, on it this all earth. has purpose all has purpose it can come through people that are asking you to do certain things there's so many people that have written books that became viral and so helpful to other people when they did not even think of writing a book someone would come to them and say listen it would be a great possibility to do that um for example, Robert Greene, this is what he did. Uh, he's a fantastic human being. He, I agree. Very humble. He wrote The 48 Laws of Power, The Art of Seduction. And The 48 Laws of Power, how, how did it come to him? Somebody asked, what would be a great title for a book? And he said it. He thought about it for a moment, and he said this is what be. And the, 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 the man told him, then you write it. Mm -hmm. Then you write the book and he wrote that book. Now did. we all can benefit from that. But he didn't even think of writing it originally. So people will come to our life. Circumstances are going to come into our, our life. And sometimes when you write these things, like I mean, I'm, I've experienced that too. Like even writing a dissertation, you, you might ask me the next day, what is it about? And I'm like, it's amazing. Uh, like, I don't know. <laughs> we're like channels of information that flow out because we're open in that moment. And it's, and it's like, how to, not to say, how did I write that? But it's like, wow, some things are so profound. And then when you write it and you go back and All you're things. like, did I write it? Did I, this looks so smart? Did I write it? <laughs> are those my thoughts? So when we on the path, when we take this courageous path to find ourselves, to follow our destiny, to follow our fate, it's a courageous path. Nobody said it would be easy. It's a courageous path to follow. You hear? <laughs> when, you, when you live in the light, the light lives through you. Exactly. Okay. Okay, symbol? Well, no, I speak with hands. I speak with hands. So <laughs> sometimes I mess up my microphone here, but I have to speak with hands. So what are you talking about? Well, it's so, an element of being human, so... It's wonderful yeah. that you share your That's hands. That's how we express ourselves. And then when we look back after we started that process, courageously taking our path and walking on it. And we look back and I said, did I do it? Did I do it? It was so difficult to do. Did I do? Did I actually do it? Yes, you did. You yes, you courage. did. But you, you had the courage, but you have to take that first step. And then the second, and then the third, and the path is going to open up for you, but you have to take that first step. Yes. Change the way you see the world and the and things will change. Wayne Dyer. You're just a well <laughs> of uh, wisdom, Dr. Sherry. I always told you that you're well. Likewise, likewise. Oh, finally. Oh, finally. Dr. Sharon, what is it? What do I have to do to get that little compliment here? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sometimes, you know, sometimes we have to compliment ourselves. Uh, sometimes I, like we said, that we walk around and talking to ourselves. I sometimes talk to myself and uh, self-validate. Oh, good for you. That was really smart. Like, mm, you did that <laughs> because who else is going to do it? 
like no, my dad, let's like, pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> <laughs> like my dad says, if you don't uh, praise yourself, nobody will. So you better do it. And I, um, most of the time, I I do well. Good for you, or because we're a lot of the time we're so harsh uh, on ourselves, and we completely we blame ourselves for everything. Why not say something nice? Mm-hmm. Why not say say, oh, you did it so nicely today. Absolutely. You looked there's at a, yourself in the mirror and you understood your purpose. There's <laughs> another quote. It as says easy as that. Always be careful what you say because you're because you're listening. You're listening. You I used to tell that to yourself. Uh, students and my students when they would feel bad about something. I always even people in general. I try to share that since I've learned it. It's like be mindful of what you say because you're listening. So when we tear ourselves down, we're we're just falling deeper into self-loathing absolutely just kind of a resentment turned inward and you know we think that our children when we teach them something and we say it again and again and again they don't listen they don't they comprehend and we're Our like prefrontal cortex isn't developed yet well that but the thing is that we think that we speak to the wall but at the same time i noticed that uh, when i spoke to my kids from that very early age when they were just starting to understand themselves and the world around them. In our self-deprecating culture, and our culture is very self-deprecating, I don't understand why we should be like sheep. We should not be judging. Oh, people are judging. The hell that the people judging you, you know? But you should not speak bad of yourself. So once in a while, because they live in this culture, when everyone is self-deprecating and not wanting to be like better than anybody else, otherwise they will look narcissistic. They say something about themselves. And I say, never say anything negative about yourself. Never. And they say like, oh, mom, you always say it. You always say it. Yes, yes, yes. We remember that. How important is it not to say negative things about yourself? Because you know what? There is a world around you and the world can say all these nasty things about you anyway. How about you being your own best friend and not say those words about yourself? Well, if you say negative things about yourself and you believe them, how do you go out into the world expecting to find what you're looking for? And, you know, you're looking for one thing in one regard in the consciousness. But if you're stuffing all these things about yourself in the subconscious, unconscious area, the beneath the water beneath the surface it becomes a challenge how do you go out if you when you're self-deprecating you're not loving yourself so how do you go out into the world seeking love when you're not able to give it to yourself absolutely you know i've uh um wanting to talk to ourselves always like live in my mind and i talk to myself and explore different possibilities i i remember that um I used to work in a place that would have this long, long, long hallway. And every day, so many people go back and forth to get their to their offices. And no one was looking at each other, you know, just like really uh, uh, pressed down by life. You know, it's morning. I haven't (laughs) had my coffee yet. Oh, my God. Like, I probably look horrible. You know, the yeah like oh the poor me uh, i have to go get to my office like start the day oh my god my children like they, they just uh they spit out or like the lunch the dog ate the lunch or just like there's a horrible mess in the house or something like that that my project is due and we all look around not looking at other people right the life kicks us on the head and 
other places too. But I decided, <laughs> I'm like, I'm walking and no one is looking at each other. They're all like so horribly preoccupied with themselves. And I decided to do the following experiment. So I straightened my shoulders and I decided, why am I walking like slouching like this all the time? Like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm tired. Yeah, it's morning. I need coffee intravenously possibly, right? <laughs> but I'm like, okay, I straightened my shoulders. I stood up tall and I walked through that hallway confidently believing that everything is fine in my life. Not that I was doing some acrobatic tricks there. Just the thought for the sake of the experiment as I was walking down the hall that I'm smart, I look good today, I know what I'm doing. Today is going to be the great day with the straightened shoulders and head up. I was walking down the hall. Almost every person who came my way from the opposite direction, they looked at me. Some people commented that some people said, hello, good morning. Why? Not because I was drop dead gorgeous and I had the uh, short skirt on me, you know, like revealing cleavage. It wasn't that. It was people noticing the confidence, noticing, noticing the warmth of another human being, noticing the person who is in front of them. And who made a change. Because if who you make made a change. A change be the change you want to be in the, be the change you want to see in the world. So that small change in yourself, people notice change. And thankfully they weren't too self-deprecating themselves to actually notice because some well, people try. will criticize over noticing. They will try. find something. Yeah. Yeah, you, you can try just make one that little step in whatever area that you have. Try it. Talk to yourself. Believe if for a moment that you are that person who you want to be. Believe it. What do we have in our society? What's saying, Dr. Sherry? Act um, fake until you make it, right? Fake, fake it until, until you make it. it. Yeah. Why? You are tricking your subconscious into the way that how you want to be. So you're tricking yourself. So trick the hell out of yourself. Just go there and speak to you, to yourself nicely and to other people. Up until the time when you start loving this regard, you will not love other people. Well, to be or other not people to be, will actually perceive. Be honest. <laughs> be honest. Be honest. Look at yourself in the mirror and like yourself. Talk to yourself. Because the power is of subconscious is incredibly powerful. So talk to yourself nicely. And things will change in your life. Yes. Make a change. Act. Act upon it. Stop thinking it. Stop saying it. And do it. And don't try. Do it. I was in the military. And that's one thing that, that was told. You don't try. You do. So don't try it. Don't think it. You do it. So get out there and do it. Greatly said. And I'm so glad that our military is the, this is the way that they do it. Because trying sets yourself for failure. When we tell other people, oh, our children, anybody, oh, just try. Oh, I'll do my best. You don't try and you don't do your best. You just do it. It's an excuse it. for a way out. It can it's be an, an excuse, excuse for a way out. 
you're giving yourself an excuse exactly oh i will try if it doesn't work out mm, i'm still okay no you're not go into it knowing that you are going to succeed and so, so by Go ahead. And speaking about the world around you, next week we'll be lifting the mask of sanity. So we want when you're talking about being at work, and I've read a book called Snakes in Suits. So we wanted to bring up some content for next week while we're on the topic Snakes of people around suits. us. Ooh, that sounds so incredibly interesting, Dr. Sherry. <laughs> Taking off the mask of sanity. And the mask of sanity we all wear. Anywhere yeah. that we go in the morning, hopefully people do that, <laughs> that when we open the doors and we go into the public, we put on the mask of sanity. <laughs> it is so funny that uh, when my children were smaller, they would say that, mom, you're a totally different person with other people than you are at home. So like, what do you mean? <laughs> And they say that you look outside as if you're happy and you come home and it looks like you're yourself and we see you totally differently. Through the eyes of a child. Through the eyes of a child, through the mouth of the babes, right? Yes. And and I would say that, you know, we all have to wear a mask. Otherwise, people are going to hate us. <laughs> They're going to hate our guts because in the morning, not everybody feels so nice and peachy, right? And uh, no. Well, I don't think you always have to wear a mask. I think you can be you, authentically you. But I do agree with you in the fact that sometimes we we present a persona to the world to 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 fit the characteristics of the spaces we're in we always wear our you personas have to in different that. places always wear personas always yeah and different like wearing different hats we wear different faces in different societies and we're going to talk about that on next week oh my god next week already i can't believe it's already almost the end of december and the new year have to set all of this new ideas, uh, uh, new plans for myself. <laughs> that is, that was such an incredible conversation. Dr. Sherry, thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate it. Pleasure. Pleasure to spend time with you and to and see you and your gorgeous self. Thank you very much. Take one wise, to know one. Knowledge. Oi, oi, oi. <laughs> <laughs> we're thanking everybody everybody who joined us today who listened to us live and who will be listening to the recording and watching the recording live later not recording recordings don't go live recording <laughs> you're going to be alive watching a recording so that's the, the purpose <laughs> hopefully right hopefully so thank you everybody send us your questions uh, and we were live on united public radio network 107.7 fm with be honest podcast with dr sherry and dr yana we'll see you next time next friday bye everybody bye